The Fosse Apocalypse continues with part two of our episode on Chicago. After All I Care About Is Love, we get We Both Reach for the Gun, which is oh, yeah. catchy AF. It's catchy. We get Christine Baranski, uh-huh. who, as, uh, what is her name? Miss Sunshine. Uh, Sunshine? He Little just, Mary he, Sunshine. Yeah, yeah, he just always says Miss Sunshine. So I love Christine Baranski. And um, this is, I've forgotten she was in this. Um, and she's so, so good. It's like during her, understandable. <laughs> <laughs> flying in on her puppet, yeah. puppet strings. Well, I mean, it's always played as if he's, like, it's always staged with Roxy sitting on, sitting his, on his lap. lap. And, mm-hmm. print, and the mouthing of it, because that's the line of, like, watch, you can barely tell his lips are moving, right? But to get to go into the stage world where she's made up as a ventriloquist mm-hmm. dummy and all the yeah. press are with their Have strings, strings. Yes. I'm like, oh, that's just like everybody who has ever done Chicago is like, oh, man, that'd be cool if we could do that on stage. Yeah. That would just be too fucking hard. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't know how you could pull that off. But it looks so good. It works so well for the film. And I mean, I love the script there, too, because... I guess you want to know why I shot the bastard. And he's just like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you, I told you, let me do the talking. Because she is not bright. Right. Very much not bright. Except she's bright enough to do things sometimes that are like, oh, you're, you're, you're that crafty kind of smart. I think it's just seeing like the cracks in her. Like, yeah. Like, where you're realizing that everything she's doing is actually a performance. Yeah. And then you see that, and that's, like, kind of the real Roxy coming out for a second. And he's like, you got to shut the fuck up. (laughs) You need to be acting, because the real you, nobody gives a shit about. Yeah. Now, do you two know the gimmick of Little Mary Sunshine in the stage version? Uh, No, definitely not. In the stage version, Little Mary Sunshine is always played by a man in drag who can sing falsetto. Really? <laughs> okay. And like they the they do their best to dress them up very matronly and believably as a woman. So you go through the whole first act and then there comes a point in the second act, I think during it's during the jury trial where Billy says something like you just can't believe everything you see. And Mary Sunshine stands up, takes the wig off, rips off the dress is like ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that. That's yeah, great. It's great, yeah. Um, so picture know. they both reach for the gun where Mary Sunshine is being played by a man singing all those high notes and yeah, yeah, yeah. understandable, <laughs> understandable. It's hilarious. Um, yeah. My friend Aaron was was little Mary Sunshine. He was about six feet four. <laughs> it's like my size, yeah. And, and be- beefy, like not, yeah, yeah. like not overweight, but like beefy. And it's like, and then put him in heels too. And it's just like, you look good as a woman on the face, but you're like seven feet tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you sound great. Yeah. <laughs> you do. You sound great. Um, yeah, I love the refrain of that song. It, it gets in my head. It's going to be what I'm singing for the next week. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's really catchy. Um <laughs> it may actually this is kind of mean but like it may be my favorite part of Renee Zellweger's performance <laughs> she, no, where she, she doesn't, doesn't sing she doesn't have to sing yeah 
She's just. But all of her facial gestures yeah. are really good. Yeah, and her physicality mm-hmm. when she's not well, she dancing, dance. dancing. Yeah. She's just um, mm-hmm. gesturing and miming. She gets to sit there and be pouty. Yeah. <laughs> like her lips are working for her in this situation. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I love her in this number. She's very yeah, engaging and. It works. And all the makeup on her, like, she has kind of the perfect face for what they're going for with that look. Like, everything about it, it's really great. And I was, it's just like, oh, it's too bad you suck in the rest of it. Just <laughs> she doesn't suck. She's just... She's not Gwen Verdon. She's, she's also... Everyone else is so good, too. And so it kind of it just makes out yeah. how, like, average out she even is. More. Yeah. Well, she didn't win the Oscar. Yeah. I don't remember who did that year, though. Doesn't no matter. idea. Doesn't matter. Um, after we both reached is Roxy, her number. Yeah. Which, it's just such a well-crafted number. And I love the way Rob Marshall stages it with the mirrors. It's beautiful. Oh, it's, and yeah. her dress. Mm, hello, Colleen Atwood. Which we get to see again later. Uh, well, I even love... I get to see double of it later. <laughs> I love whether it was intentional or not, just having seen, like... Uh, Liza with a Z, just like this the start of it, how it's very kind of like conversational and she's just cracking jokes and that kind of becomes a song. It, like, yeah. But it's very much just her on this like in like darkness mm-hmm. and just like kind of accentuated with like the mirrors, like the spotlight. Like it was just it was an interesting like Yeah. No, that's a good seen. connection to make. Then that's it how it's done on it, stage too. That's okay. pretty much the exact scene. Yeah. I do kind of like her in the intro to this song. Yeah. I think she's pretty good um, where she is doing, like, the jokes and stuff. Said, like, and she's talking about, acting like... Acting is, is good. Yeah. It's, it's the singing, like, song and dance part of it that, like, she clearly didn't care for. And, like, that It just... It shows. just doesn't have... She's doing a creditable job. She's hitting the notes fine. Her voice doesn't sound just bad. Flat. Yeah. But it's not... She's not in love with the yeah, act yeah. of doing it, and so it doesn't sell. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like... Flat performance, not like musically flat. Like her performance just feels yeah. No. There's no life in it. This is not Gerard Butler in Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, <laughs> where I was sat through the whole thing, going, "You, this isn't live. You could have auto tuned this shit. Why <laughs> am I having to hear this?" Um, but that's a different complaint. Oh, someday it's we'll a watch that different movie. piece of shit movie. Oh my god! Someday uh, we'll watch that just so I can rant about it some more. It's uh, very <laughs> satisfying for me. Etc. 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 Um, but yeah, she's great in the intro. She's even, she's, this, of the number she sings, I think this may be her strongest. Yeah. I mean, sure. she's, yeah. she's good. It helps that you have all the chorus of men. <laughs> well, and I mean, and Rob Marshall does great staging. Mm-hmm. Like when yeah. she's walking and they're onto their hands, that looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And they lay her down on the mirror. And, and like, yeah. and All of the mirrors. Very good mirror work in this number. <laughs> yeah, and what that says about her and the fact you never even see the audience, they're just heard. Like, she is so narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. it's great stuff. And I I applaud Rob Marshall for, like, you just did one of the quintessential Fosse properties, and I, I'm a huge fan of Fosse. I know his work, and I watched it, and I went, I would put that on a part with Fosse. Mm-hmm. I feel like Fosse would watch that and go, I hate you. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's a compliment from Fosse. Yeah. Fosse, Fosse, Fosse. <laughs> like, um, how it, fucking dare you be good? It also does a really great job of 
just setting up the image of Roxy on like the red yeah. Roxy thing because then when you don't need any sort of explanation on like her snap later because they just are able to cut to that show it like uh, oh yeah when, the when she fakes her yeah when she passes out right that yeah happens? well when when, when he comes go in. to hell kitty becomes a hot new mm-hmm. thing and none of the reporters want to talk to her and it's just a cut to the Roxy sign blinking out. And you can, and then it comes back to her face, and you and you can see the desperation of it's fear. Wonderful yeah. storytelling. Yeah, it's great shorthand. So yeah. fast. Yeah, so good. Um, and then, but then, right after Roxy, right after we get Velma, is this is I her own desperation yeah. of like shit? Velma Kelly all in an act of desperation. Yeah, I love right. the line. It's so good. Uh, Tay Diggs, this this is short diversion before we get to the song. We talked about this watching it. It sucks that Tay Diggs doesn't get to sing in this. But he just stands there and looks good. So He, he looks, looks really amazing good. at everything they put him in. And his line reads as the like band leader uh-huh. are all just excellent. Like yeah. he, he deserves a bigger part than what he gets. But what he gets, he really just like makes a meal out of it. Yeah, and he becomes a through line. Yes. Like yeah. you, oh, he appeared again. Uh, that that gives me a touchstone of I know what's going mm-hmm. to happen, and and the visual style will shift now. And yeah, and Catherine Zeta Jones takes what can be a little bit of a nothing number if you don't do it right, and makes it a turd of force. She rules in this. <laughs> And sings the shit out of it. And then that final pose sliding in on her belly, yeah. just so desperate. Like, mm-hmm. please. Well, and like the little, just a little, like, unspoken banter between the two of them. Like, as she's pretending that it's not a, like a desperate act. And, and then Renee Zellweger is pretending not to be, like, totally impressed by her. Yeah, I love in the during the second round where Renee Zellweger keeps looking up and being like, well, shit. Damn. Yeah, like, she's incredible, but I can't show it. Like, I love that break between the first two, though. She's like, you're right, the first part is shit. <laughs> yeah. right, you're right, the first part is shit, but the second part yeah. is really nifty. Let me show you. That was a fun line to say. You're right, you're right, I know you're right. The first part was shit, it's fine. Ah, it was one of my best. That was a fun show. I liked it. Anyway, but that's just me. It. Um, reminiscing. So she sings, I can't do it alone. Again, very important because she said, I can do it alone. Yes. I can't do it alone. And then that'll come back at the very end as well. Also, one of the things that's cool about this is it doesn't really cut to a stage. Yeah. It turns the jail into a stage. It turns the jail into the stage, which I love. Uh Um, It's the exact same set that they're in. Everything's just a little shinier, and they're in better costume. And there's some neon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of neon on the side. I'm like, I fucking love it. I fucking love it. Also, Catherine Zeta-Jones's uh, costume in this is wonderful. Oh, it's great. Yeah. A plus plus. Yeah. Yeah. And she looks great. She, um, Rob Marshall wanted her to have her hair long, and she insisted on a bob. Not because it's true for the period. She didn't want her long hair to get in her face and make people think that wasn't her doing her own dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Wicked. I love it. I respect her so much for that. Yeah. This is me. My face. My body. I'm doing this work. Thank you very much. But also to have the confidence of, like, I can do this and, like... You know what I mean? I want, like, yeah. Because if she had 
kept the hair long and she had faltered or something, it would have been easy to bring somebody in. Yeah. And so that's a really bold move, too, to just be well, like, I've got this shit. Like she was starring in in professional productions oh, yeah. as a, at 14. Like, again, I'm back to, what is it with these people? They didn't have childhoods? <laughs> this isn't even, like, the 40s. Like, I'm sure she had, she wasn't, there were there are child labor laws by this point. <laughs> um, so after this, though, we get... I think one of my favorite performances in the movie, which is John C. Riley doing Mr. Cellophane. Oh, yeah. Same. It's... Heartbreaking? Yeah. The, like, you're buying it throughout. It's a be- it's beautifully staged. Rob keeps it very minimal. And the way it's cut back and forth with the scene, actually, with Billy Flynn. But it's that last shot as he sings that last note and the look on his face that you're just like, oh... Ouch. And I remember seeing it for the first time and going, Oscar nomination for that three seconds right there. Yeah, yeah, one face, yeah. Yeah, just, you nailed it. Because often in on the stage version, it's played for yucks, mm-hmm. and very few people allow uh, it to go there. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of regular way, yeah. gags of like, <laughs> as he's singing the final note, the spotlight just sort of wanders off. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I, like that's a regular like that. gag that gets done. It that's just... that's good. I'll give you that. I love, like, because he's just, he's sort of the, um, I don't know what you would call it, like the remnant, like debris that's sort of left behind from, mm-hmm. from Roxy. And he still is like, he's naive and thinks he can still, until the very last minute, thinks he can still make things work with her. And I really, really, really love this number because you just, it's important that, for me, it's important that you feel sorry for him, at least in the way they put him in this. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't want to laugh at him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean... And that's the thing is like you kind of, like it's fun in the show when you laugh at him, but is there a way to do that, but also keep the what's truly heartbreaking about it? Yeah, and it, it's a lot of times they people don't get that needle threaded because it's hard. Like how do I can also both? see it as because so much of this is supposed to like just the nature of the show, sort of in a very Pippin way. Where you're supposed to like be like, oh, this is fun, but oh, also I'm kind of complicit in how <laughs> fucked up all of this is. Yes. Yeah, um, I could see that playing really well. Of like, you're laughing at this poor you man who is the biggest victim. The oh, really other than the people who are murdered, <laughs> the only victim that we see kind of as a character. Except, did you notice that the pretty much everybody who gets shot is an asshole. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like that's a key function too is like nobody who dies in this except for the for the Hungarian. Mm-hmm. Nobody who dies was innocent or nice. Right. Now, I mean, you hear about the the six the murderesses and like he was popping his gum. So that seems frivolous, but probably it was more than that. Okay, it's one of those things of like you know, but then, like, when popping you're a, his gum is is the most frivolous. But then the next one is he was he had six wives. He. Um, but even the popping the gum rage. is like one of those like it, everybody's been in that relationship where like there's no little things. There's not any one thing where you're like they do this one, one thing where it pisses me off. They there's a series of things and it's all building under the surface and then at some 
dumb little bullshit that just rubs you the wrong way at the you wrong time him. and you fucking murder the shit out of Right? Yeah, we've all been there. He ran we've all into done my it. knife murdered ten times. times. Yeah. He ran into my knife ten I mean, this is a very relatable story, you guys. Clearly. Uh, next up is Razzle Dazzle, which is the one number I don't love in this movie. It's okay. It, it's okay, but his, Richard Gere's suit is really... Yeah, I actually, see. I think Rob went too far. I understand I what agree. he was doing of like, look at all of it. Look at all the razzle dazzle. But there's so much of it that you can't too see. much, too much razzle dazzle. You can't see it. Yeah. You, so it just becomes. It really is. I mean, all I can like the initial like memory I have of it now is just like red, like gauzy red and <laughs> glitter. Like that's basically it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's the number. I do really like uh, the cuts to the courtroom of yeah. Richard Gere playing it as big as possible. Yes. And just shouting. Yeah, the way, that, yeah, the way that it's it's cut together works for sure. Yeah. The number, I agree, is kind of... The tap dance is added for the movie. That's not... Huh. That's not... Um, if I That's not in the play. Uh, right, but that's a different number, right? Yeah, but that comes right after... Like, because that's during the, the scene. Oh, that's right. Because we get the razzle-dazzle, which is while he is interrogating, or while he is, um, doing what everything do you call it, questioning right. um, Renee Zellweger. No, Renee Zellweger gets on the stand after that. He, like, that's the end is, like, she takes the stand. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because we get the tap dance for Catherine Zeta-Jones, for Velma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's him, like, nah, ladies and gentlemen, a tap dance. Yeah, watch the show. Yeah. And he does a great job with that. Three months of practice, and he nails it. So Yeah. I feel like it would take me a lot longer than three months to get anywhere near. Well, it helps. I mean. I mean, it helps that he had, like, you know, years of experience prior right. to that. Yeah, you know, doing stage for 30 years yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah. He nails it. I mean, yeah. He nails it. Um, and then, uh, then we get nowadays at the end. And the numbers that we're missing... Um, Honestly, I I know these numbers because I did, like I said, I did the show, but I couldn't sing them to you because they're just, um, yeah. Except for um, me and my baby, which it opens up Act Two because the end of Act Two, Act One, is her going, "Oh, I'm pregnant," and Velma going, "Shit." <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great so that, break. That yeah. is where uh, the Lucy Liu character. We were t- well, the part we were talking about earlier with uh, where Lucy Liu becomes the rising star, and we see the thing, the Roxy light kind of fade out real fast. She faints, and she's like, "I just hope the baby's okay." <laughs> and everybody's just like, "What? Oh God, yes." And Velma's just light back. Shit. Her reaction, that reaction shot of Catherine Zeta Jones, where she's because she's the only one that's like. Oh, Mama! Mama's face too of like. Oh yeah, what? Mama immediately. Was, yeah. yeah, but just she goes shit. <laughs> and it's it's like damn, so matter of fact. Yeah, you're so smart, and I hate you for it's it. It's also what I love about it is yes, it's her upstaging her uh, in a really great way that we then get to see again during the trial with Roxy where she's doing all of the things that you've seen. Like when um, uh, Billy Flynn first comes to the prison, um, Velma's like, Billy, I've been thinking about my trial and I'm thinking I could do this and then I turn this way and they get a good glimpse of my leg. And then while Roxy's on uh, on the stand, you see her do that exact All move. of those things, yeah. yeah. And it's, oh, 
so wonderful. <laughs> and then that, and then that's where you would normally put class. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. it is a deleted scene that you can watch. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, they did film it. It just oh, just to make the, it cut. the pacing probably drags yeah. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and there. I can understand. I, get it. I can understand that. Yeah, um, I mean, this is definitely a lot of where numbers, you kind of just so. want to get to well, the and resolution. There is one number that is cut called when Velma takes the stand, which is where Velma goes through all of the things she's going to do on the stand. Oh, okay. And so then when you get to the trial in the second act and Roxy does all of them, then that leads into Velma just being listening on the radio, being like, that she stole all my stuff. And it's a weird number because there's no singing in it. There's just Velma describing what she's going to do and acting it out. And then all the chorus boys go, when Velma takes the stand. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll do this, and then I'll do this, and then I'll, ah, fate, when Velma takes the stand. It's a a strange number, but... I guess I I can see why they cut it, yeah. I can see why they cut it. I think it probably... It seems like something that plays a lot better on stage. Um, The purpose that it serves... We've already seen by like a couple of lines of dialogue, yeah. and, right. it, and it doesn't really build anything in the character that we don't already know about her. And like, I can absolutely see why they cut it, but also I'd really like to see that number. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a goofy little number. Um, and then the last number is nowadays. This number. This is A plus plus, and it goes right into the hot honey rag, which is the last dance. Mm-hmm. Um. I love what Rob Marshall does with the hot honey rag because them coming out with the guns to dance with like their canes is such, it's sly and it's perfect. And he has them dance with hats, which the way the number is staged with Fosse. I was going to ask. With the original Fosse choreography, there's no hats, there's no canes. It's just the two of them dancing. Mm -hmm. But Um, those are both very great Fosse things to have included. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And the guns are funny. Yeah. Like it's just. Perfect. Yeah, um, but uh, nowadays though, I love that one because it's it kind of does the opposite of what we've seen so far. You see her singing. Yeah, uh, it starts with the imaginary her in like a packed house. Yeah, and then you get the reveal of she's doing an audition for these two people who are just like not like, into it. Didn't she like kill a guy? Like yeah. she's not that good. <laughs> yeah, who hasn't killed someone yeah. these days? Yeah, and of course, uh you have um Tay Diggs as playing, the playing the piano and he just hands her back the music and then he's wearing that vest and looks amazing. <laughs> mm, can confirm. Uh, but I do I definitely love the way that it kind of, because everything else is started in the real world and then gone into her head, and then this one playing it backwards is really cool. Yeah. And then a nice bookend is we end with a real stage number. Yes. Just like we started with a real stage number of Velma singing at the, the nightclub, and it ends with the two of them doing their, their stage act mm-hmm. together with those gorgeous coats. Oh. Yeah, they come out in these great. I don't even know what the material is for the actual coat because they have the big sparkly. fur line. It's very sparkly, <laughs> and they have this huge white fur lining. And they just look. They look like bathrobe, like bathrobe level of comfort, basically. Yeah, yeah it, it looks luxurious. Yeah, that number nowadays. Okay, a little bit of Fosse um, from the. So here's the thing. It was during so. Remember, he did The Little Prince, because, and he had already lined up the next two things he was going to work on concurrently, because this is what he does now, which was Lenny and Chicago. And 
as he was in starting to get into the very beginning of Chicago, he was coughing all the time. He was constantly, his arm was hurting. He, they would notice that he was chalky and his lips were blue. And everybody around him is like, you're not well. And then sure enough, at one rehearsal. Is this where he had the heart attacks? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. So um, finally, Anne Reinking is like, you need to go to the doctor. And so they make an appointment for him to go to the doctor, like during lunch. And he never comes back. And in fact, it is four months later before rehearsals resume. Holy shit. Wow. They're like, you're having a heart attack right now. And we're going to do a bypass. We're going to take a vein out of your leg. He's like, hold up. No. I dance with those. You can take a vein for part of my body. Those are my dancing legs. <laughs> That's a hard no. And, and of course, he's sitting there going, I need to get back to rehearsal. And he's thinking, the producers are going to replace me. They're going to ask Cal Prince. They're going to ask uh, Jerome Robbins. They're going to find somebody else. They're just waiting to replace me. Or they're going to cash in on the insurance if I don't get back. Because everybody's going to see I'm a failure. And meanwhile, the cast is like, great, I have to wait how long until I'm getting paid again. And so (laughs) Gwen was really working hard to keep the cast together because if the cast dissipates, then the show gets delayed even more and then there just comes a point where it never happens and Gwen's like, I'm getting too old. Nobody's going to let me. This is like, we got to do this. My last big thing. This is my last big thing. And oh my God, her contract was a fucking love letter. She got approval over everything in the show. Nice. <laughs> Who was cast, her costumes, billing, everything. Everything was like, what does Miss Verdon want? And so, so it's important to know about the about the heart attack and the surgery. And he came through and he survived the surgery and he was recovering in the hospital when he had another heart attack. <laughs> Because, by the way, people were slipping in and having sex with him in the bed. Oh, of course. Apparently. I can't even. Because um, why wouldn't they be? Uh, Patty Chayefsky was coming in to visit him, and they were playing a game of... <laughs> I thought of, you were going to say Patty Chayefsky had sex with him <laughs> in the bed. <laughs> no, but they were playing a game. Him and um, the other friend, Gardner, um, were playing a game where they would notice every time they told him a dirty joke, his heart monitor would spike. And so they'd play a game to see who could get it to spike the <laughs> highest. Until the nurses are coming in like, that's not a laugh meter. You fuckers, get out. Yeah. Um, what you're doing is not cool right now. <laughs> So he did survive, and he and they did start rehearsals. But the he came back mean, like it had already been dark, and he came back and he turned the show into something that was downright fucking off-putting. And the ending was not good. And Gwen Verdon, the two of them were fighting during this show because she's like, "You have to give me the ending where Roxy wins," and he's like, "No, that's bullshit. Nobody wins in life. This bullshit." She's like, Roxy needs to win or else this show doesn't work. Yeah. Until finally during out-of-town tryouts, everybody agreed the way they had the ending structured. It didn't work. They were doing like a big, goofy, like, hacha, hacha, hacha sort of dance number. And they said, you know what? It doesn't work. And they turned to Candor and Ab and they're like, we are so sorry to have to ask you this, but we need you to write a different song. And it needs to be something that is weirdly both sincerely sweet and ironically sarcastic. Yeah. And can, I love the way this is described. Cantor and Ed both nodded solemnly and 
much put upon, okay, we'll try. And then they were like, oh, here's this thing we already had. <laughs> Left the theater and started skipping down the street because they fucking hated the way the show ended as nice. well. They were like, we get to fix it. They went and they wrote nowadays in like two hours, but then took the rest of the day off. Hell yeah. And told yeah. everybody, it took us all day. You can't rush this sort of creative genius. <laughs> and so they should, they played That's it beautiful. for him the next day and Bob Fosse said about it, he went to Ann later, because Ann wasn't in the show, and he said, they wrote, it was genius. It's perfect. It's it's a masterpiece. So Bob Fosse loved the song. Gwen heard it and was like, this one's mine. I get to do this one. This needs <laughs> to be, it needs to be my soul. It needs to be a solo and it needs to be mine. <laughs> and Bob was like being a dick about it. And because this was finally his chance, he was finally the bigger star than Gwen Verdon. And even though he loved her and he's the one who made her a star, he resented it at the same time because that Bob Fosse. Because Bob yeah. Fosse. Yeah. None um, of that is surprising at all. <laughs> and Cheetah Rivera literally wrote on a note and, and walked it over to, to Fred Ebb at the piano and just said, give her, give it to her. Like, like she was just like, no, yeah. it's not worth this. And so... So does it does it play the same on stage where she sings it and then, and then they come out and they do it together so, before the hot honey rag? So the way it plays on stage is she's she's left alone and she's confronted with the fact that nobody cares about her because mm-hmm. the trial ends and everybody leaves. She's like, wait, I'm right, doesn't any? And so she starts nowadays and after that first verse, the break that you see, you what you do the way it's typically staged is Roxy gets the idea. You can see her go, wait. Hmm. And she runs off stage, and there's some, uh, I don't remember what the announcement is, but there's that sort of over mm-hmm. over the loudspeaker announcement. She runs off stage, and then she and Velma come back, and they're in matching outfits, and they sing nowadays together and go into their act. Okay. Um, and it's yeah. it no, I think it's the same announcement. Like, ladies and gentlemen, two killer dillers on the stage. Yeah. So it's the same sort of thing. Okay. But it's Roxy's idea. Okay. To go and get Velma. I, I like that. I also still really like the way that where they're both like, well, we could do this. But I hate you. But I hate you, and they're both kind of like because I hate you. <laughs> does have <laughs> Vinny's favorite you. line read of the movie, which is Renee Zellweger go. She tells her no, and she's like, "Why?" She's like, "Because I hate you." <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Um. Yeah, I like the way because it is sort of they're still antagonistic towards each other, but they're both kind of think they're kind of like the other one. <laughs> yeah, one that like kind of resigned to the fact that they, that's like really the only shot they have. And I do like that it ends on this quote-unquote happy number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know that I would like it if, like, Roxy's just, like, down and out at the end of it because it doesn't complete the whole narrative of, like, these are two people who became famous because they're monsters. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they need to win yeah. for the satire to work. Yeah. But Fosse was... Fosse's Fosse. Well, and I mean, <laughs> it's apparently very typical that after open heart surgery, a lot of people go through depression. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't... And he was already, as we know, in love with death and a depressive. Right. Anyway. So, yeah, like, what are you going to do? He just... He made it really mean, and audiences didn't love it. The show and the... And he hated Michael Bennett because... A chorus line opened the same year, and a chorus line fucking swept the Tonys. 
swept them. Chicago didn't win anything. Holy shit. Chorus Line won all of them. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't selling well. And then Gwen accidentally inhaled some of the confetti, and it it scarred her vocal cords, and she needed to leave the show for about five weeks. And Liza Minnelli stepped into the role of Roxy Hart. And Liza agreed with Bob that they would not advertise it. It would just be a placard at the front, and the simple over, over tonight, the role of Roxy Hart will be played by Liza Minnelli. And the minute word got out, everybody's like, what the fuck? Liza Minnelli, huge star at the time, is just stepping in and they're not even announcing it? Yeah. I have to go see this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they fell in love with the show and then the show started selling. And then like when Gwen came back. And yeah. when Gwen came back, it was huge. And because they didn't want to advertise Liza because they didn't want to upstage Gwen. Right. Uh, yeah. I think that's a really good move. And and it was pretty, great pretty sort of clever. viral marketing yeah, before yeah, yeah. they knew what that was. So, yeah. Yeah. And I and Ryan King in the revival played Roxy. She eventually she stepped into that role too. She played it. She also stepped I think she stepped into the role even in the original run, but hmm. at any rate. Um so yeah. Years later, when I choreographed Urine Town. Do either of you know about that one? I know about Urine Town. Yeah. yeah. There's a number in the second act where the, it's one of those counter melody things where one group singing one thing and another group singing the other thing and they go together and it's mm-hmm. the poor people and the rich people. Mm-hmm. I gave the poor people a Fosse Smotch. Nice. A Fosse Amoeba. And I gave the rich people the um, the classic opening steps of one singular sensation from a chorus line. Because it amused me to know that Chicago and a chorus line opened on the same year on Broadway and they were competitive like and yeah. they were battling. And I'm like, I'm the only one that'll get this joke, but I like it. And then yeah, my friend Chrissy came to see the shit. show and was like, you did a chorus line in Chicago. I'm like, yes, I did. That's the name of Wendy's memoirs, by the way, is I'm the only one who will get this joke, but I like it. <laughs> Raspberry. So, um, Chicago. Yeah, we also get, oh, so we talked about the, the, they come out wearing those coats. Yes. And then they take those off, and underneath is the same dress that Roxy had been wearing and Roxy Hart, and they're both wearing it, and they both look fantastic. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I love how Condon shoots this, too, the way the camera moves and, and the angles that he takes mm-hmm. and the upshots, and then from one to the other, the way they're glancing at each other. Um, but honestly, I just watch Catherine. Like, I, yeah, it's not even sure. a choice. Yeah. I'm like, it, what is Renee doing? Uh, I'm watching Catherine again. How did that happen? Yeah, it's like we've said with anything, anything else. Like, if you've got Fred Astaire and someone else on the stage, yeah. like... It's nice that you're there, but why did they bother? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you do understand. You tried. You, under, you did all that rehearsal for nobody to ever watch you. <laughs> Except if you fuck it up, they'll notice that. Right, right. <laughs> I do like the there's there's one of the moves they do where they're going like backwards across the stage. It's the one time that I like both of them being in there where they're both kind of like that, doing that like is, a little step and then like the chug arm backwards kind of thing. That is almost directly lifted from the original choreography. That little bit. That's right a really good move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you guys will see the original choreography when we watch the Fosse 
the Foxy mm-hmm. musical. That's one right. going to be one of our bony bonus Foxy Apocalypse. I have the DVD of the. Uh, <laughs> but what bony? Sorry, bonus? we ended up in a weird place here, y'all. <laughs> I'm doing my best to do the English people's. <laughs> the language it confounds me sometimes. Uh, okay, any other final thoughts? It rules. This is yeah. This is one of my like top five favorite movie musicals. It's fucking incredible. I love it so much. It's not nearly as dark as Fosse would make it. Oh, he would make it much more cabaret bitter. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's sarcastic and it's ironic, but it's not mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is also one of the first musicals you and I talked about when we first started talking about doing this podcast. Is we were like. We need to do Chicago because I fucking love it, but we need to get quite a few episodes in because I don't want to, like, fuck up this episode. (laughs) This is one of my favorite musicals. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, um, like I said at the beginning, I I like how he handled, like, making, making it his own, but still taking, like, all of the, like, essential ingredients from the original and kind of incorporating them, um... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure I would I would need to see it a few more times to like fully absorb all of it. Yeah, um, but it was great. Favorite number? I think I don't know. I mean, I, I, the ending one is great just for how it all like culminates. Um, but I mean, they're all great. Like, I don't know. Give me time to think about it. Y'all, y'all have seen this more. Okay. <laughs> what are y'all? What are your favorites? Um. I go back and forth. This time, the one that I just really loved was Mr. Cellophane. It's, yeah. it's so good. Ever like every number in this, except for Razzle Dazzle, is like it's just one hit after another. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really, really hard to choose one. Um, you know, Cellblock Tango is of course like amazing and iconic, and all that jazz is the same thing. Like. They're all fucking great, but like just the way that John C. Riley plays uh, uh, Amos is just like heartbreaking, <laughs> and that really, really worked for me this time through. Um, I love what Richard which is a very unmic pick because usually is, the ballads I'm like, eh, whatever about. <laughs> yeah, give me the dance numbers. Yeah. I love what Richard and Renee are doing, and they both reach for the gun. But mm-hmm. I do get frustrated that I'm like, "What are they doing behind? I can't yeah, see." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't. Pick I do. Out. I do love the shot of him like crazy eyed, like with the uh, with the the puppet strings, with the, yeah, oh, yeah. the marionette strings, and he's and he's pretending that he's moving them around. That's yeah, that's hilarious. Ah, uh, okay. Weirdly, I was really enjoying watching the mirror work and the camera framing in Roxy and wanting to just watch the dudes. Like, what are they doing? Look at you. Who are you? And, like, there's that one dude who's right in the front who's got to be, like, in his 40s. And I'm just like, I feel like you're a friend of Rob Marshall's. (laughs) And, like, you move well. Don't get me wrong. He does. And I was kind of going, like, is this supposed to be a cameo? Like, do I know this guy? Right. Do I know him? (laughs) Because he doesn't look like your typical, you know, cookie-cutter young buck dancer. But, I mean, they're, what they're being asked to do is not anything that requires somebody in their 20s of, you know, incredibly strong and limber. Just need somebody who can, who's who's a solid dancer. Yeah. And he's older. I'm like, who are you? I want to know about you. What's going on there? Why did, why did you get front and center also? Hmm. But I'm still going to pick Cell Block Tango. 
because I will always, always, always love. And I love the way Catherine Zeta-Jones, she's got this sneer on her lip. Um, if you'd have been there, if you'd have seen it, how could you tell me that I was wrong? Yeah. And she, they're pointing, and she, they all flip their finger up, and she's got this sneer, and I just love her face. And she's just like, like she might as well just be flipping the camera off, just like, fucking tell me that it was my fault. She's very intense in this number. Like, oh, if yeah. you watch her in the background the whole time, she's going harder than everybody else is, and it's a, it looks great. Well, and she also gets these... They're flickers of, you can see, honest hurt mm-hmm. that her sister and her husband did that to her and, like, real anger, not just the put-upon anger. Mm-hmm. Like, there's flickers of real things that happen as, in her as she's telling the story. And then I just love the way she deadpans, like, the next I, don't, I completely blacked out, and the next thing I woke up and there was blood all over my hands. I don't even know how it got yeah, there. Yeah, it has those... Big long stream. Oh yeah, just, it drops the yeah. The deadpan delivery is so great that it just rolls off her tongue so rehearsed. I'm like, I love you, Catherine. That <laughs> is perfection. Also, you look amazing. And she was like pregnant. She was just starting to show during filming. Oh, wow. So they would get like body doubles for stuff where they needed, mm-hmm. and then for anything closer up, they just shoot from like the waist up, like tits up. Because she was just starting a little bump. Wouldn't I never noticed? Her and Michael Douglas making the babies. So did yeah. you decide on a number? Yeah, I mean, I, Cell Block Tango is a great one, and just for the way that it was staged and shot with the the, the blood red scarves and all of that, um, and the way all the bars move up yeah. and down as they, and as they, they step out. Enter. I think yeah. I, I think I'll yeah I think I'll go with that one. Um, at least on this first pass, just for it being so <laughs> iconic. Like, Well, and also in this, you get like a whole ton of women coming out to sing at the end where yeah. on stage you only ever have the six of them, mm-hmm. right? And this one you get like, it's got to be like a fucking hundred women and they're just yeah. all screaming, the dirty bum. And you're like, I love it. Kill all the men. <sighs> oh, I did have one other thought because I would mentioned earlier that my, my favorite sort of juxtaposition between what you see in the like musical world versus what you see in the real world. Uh, there's the, you know, the one with, um, mama at the beginning. The other one that's really, really powerful is the Hungarian when they kill her. Yes. Um, when she gets executed because she's dressed in this like swan dress basically. And she's climbing up in a, a diving board. Yeah. Uh, and she's that's presented as a trick. She's a disappearing lady. And she looks beautiful. And then they cut to her, and she's just beaten down and dirty and just, like, it's heartbreaking. Um, that scene is wonderfully done. Well, yeah. and the juxtaposition also between the audience applauding for the trick to her feet swinging on the gallows. Also, we used to fucking go view, watch people get murdered for entertainment, but that's besides. Yes, like, but well, I mean, <laughs> there are, not, there are, it's not entirely besides the point, though. The execution the is the like point. that's the that's applauding the is happening in the stage world. I right. want to be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're applauding and looking so amazed at the trick, and then it cuts to the real world and her feet swinging, and you're just like, "Whoo, that's on the nose." Yeah. yeah. Oof. It's very upsetting, and it's it's the other time, yeah, that it really stands out, like how great of a framing device the 
the like fictional stage world is. Yeah. Uh, quick Fosse story. Uh, the year after he won for Cabaret, the Oscar nominations were announced, and he was talking to somebody, and he's like, I'm depressed. <laughs> Why? I wasn't nominated. You didn't make a film last year. I know, that's why I'm depressed. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking... Fuzzy. I can't even with you. Like, the more successful he got, the more he felt like a fraud. And that... And, I mean, the critics... I mean, the critics did say it about Chicago. It's all... It's a very thin concept that has been dressed up. And meanwhile, here's all, Michael Bennett. What'd doing, you say? It's all razzle-dazzle. Ding. <laughs> and then Michael Bennett is basically delivering a documentary on stage with a chorus line that's yeah. so heartfelt that, like, not that Chicago, like, yeah. So and this is important to know as we head into all that jazz, just this poor, twisted lump of a human. <laughs> Who definitely doesn't have a chip on his shoulder about anything, I'm sure. (laughs) Surely not. (laughs) Nothing. He was never good enough, and nobody ever understood how great he was. Simultaneously. Yeah. I am. I'm the worst, but also, why don't you know that I'm the best? (laughs) Exactly. Like, I think we could all embrace our inner Fosse sometimes. Some days more than others, sure, (laughs) but... I'm feeling yeah. my Fosse. All right, so that was Chicago. Chicago. Hotcha. Hotcha. Squish. Whoopee. <laughs> yeah, and, and you get your hotchas and your whoopies. They're all over the place <laughs> oh, yeah. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and the chorus on stage does a lot of random echoing, like a lot like a Greek chorus of just key lines of like, oh, <laughs> we're watching. So, yeah, um, do the things. Rate, Little- review, subscribe. Yep. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Your your rendition of that song gets <laughs> gets lazier and lazier. <laughs> Usually you guys are doing it, so I was like, I'm gonna beat them to it. Yeah, you got it. And we're closing in. Next week is all that jazz. All that jazz. We reached the pinnacle. Rock and roll. So, listeners, uh, thank you for joining us. I have been your host, Wendy, joined by... I'm Vinny. And Mike. And the Apocalypse continues next week. Until then! We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Real Education the Musical can be found on iTunes, Blueberry, and Google Play. Follow us on Facebook at Real Education Musical, on Twitter at Real Edu Musical, that's R-E-E-L-E-D-U, or check out our website at realeducationmusical.com.